Oh, hello. That's so adorable. I told you I did it! I got it! I mean, TTRPGs are about fun and about collaboration. The, what this all builds, what this is all building towards, is more empathetic connections between people. There you go. Go there in the end. Hello! Welcome to episode one of the Delightful Dungeon Diving Podcast, or I suppose episode zero. My name is Ibrahim, I use he, him pronouns, and you can find me on social media at cosmic underscore Ebe. That's cosmic underscore I-B-E. Hello, I'm Hannah. Uh, I My pronouns are she, her, and you can find me on TikTok at critical underscore stitch uh, or hannah.burnett, depending on if you want to find your Dungeons and Dragons or your performing arts content. Uh, and a few other places you can find through my link trees therein. Hello, my name's Emily Graymore. My pronouns are she, her. You can find me on TikTok at Emily Graymore with an E at the end. Remember that. I do all sorts of D&D stuff, Tailspire stuff and voice work stuff. Uh, a bit of everything and I like to have some fun. There you go. Hey, y'all. I'm Nick. Um, I use he, him pronouns, um, social media. I am delightful dungeon diving on TikTok, And, uh, I think my Instagram's linked there, but that's just weird, boring pictures of everyday life stuff. So follow if you want. Uh, I'm also known as beardy on uh, all those social media handles. And, uh, this is, uh, this is kind of our big one. This is our podcast where we're going to talk about tabletop role-playing games and fantasy and creating characters and character development. Uh, we are also going to do a little bit of an, uh, a scene for you between multiple characters at the end of the back half of the podcast. So without further ado, uh, we're also going to help you guys get to know us a bit better with a little odd fact about each of us. So we're going to work backwards here. Um, odd fact about myself. As a child, I once got into an altercation with a kangaroo over a bag of peanuts so I'll use that one for the first episode. I love that. I'm, I'm, on, I'm gonna swing I'm it backwards towards uh, Emily. <laughs> uh, my random fact is I can shoot with an iron sight a Winchester rifle from 300 yards and get a bullseye. And now we're That's all terrified of Emily. Fact. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very helpful in a zombie apocalypse. Yes. <laughs> Shall I go next? Yeah. Um, uh, I, I'm, I'm a weirdo, so there's a lot of things I can pick. But uh, I think the one I'm going to say today is uh, one of my several performing arts jobs that I currently do is I am a hospital clown. Awesome. Very nice. I love very that. Cool. That's very good. Yep, I entertain kids at a local hospital once a week. That is amazing. Okay. Well, I live a very uneventful life i would say so i don't have many odd facts about myself um but one thing that might be of interest is that i have only just this year begun playing D. um hmm. played vessin before played other systems before but this calendar year 2022 is the first year that i played dungeons and dragons oh fantastic i love that so, yeah, uh, 2022, first year I had actually touched Dungeons & Dragons. I had tried to play Dungeons & Dragons in college. Uh, I joined the D&D club at my college. Uh, and unfortunately, during the first session where we were doing character creation, just talking about the campaign a little bit, ran into all of the worst stereotypes that you would expect from a college D&D group. Um, and very promptly decided that I would not be joining that club and just left. Um, so not a great mm. first experience there. Um, but after that, during the pandemic, as many people found themselves, I was bored and was looking at TTRPGs again, um, and joined a Vessen game as my first TTRPG that I actually got to play, mm. um, which is this sort of like Nordic horror, uh, yeah, it's like a Nordic horror dice pool game. You're very underpowered compared to the monsters you're fighting. Um, very much not about combat, just about clever problem solving. And that was a that was a lot of fun, actually. That sounds very cool, actually. That sounds really on my street. When you're like uh, Norse horror, I was like, oh, hello. 
Nosferatu. Right? <laughs> yes, I feel like I just picked up a book that everyone's been reading, and it's right up this alley. So, like, oh, that's perfect. I, I didn't realize there was a system for that. Yes, I love mm -hmm. it. It's great. And now I play new systems almost uh, every other week because I'm hosting and writing and producing for the uh, Prayers in the Static anthology series, which means that I need Ooh. to read game books constantly. Um, oh no, so what a shame. I've gotten very good at reading game books. I love yeah, what, that. A, what, what a torturous existence. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. That's very good. So Hannah, what's, uh, what was your experience with TTRPGs? So it's so weird to me to think that among many of the people I interact with through D&D TikTok or TTRPG TikTok, I actually have been at this for a little while. Um, really, I've been solidly playing 5th edition since 2016, but my first introduction to D&D, &D, uh, I remember watching my neighbors play it sometime back around like the year 2000 and being really curious about it, but I never got into it then. And then hearing about it throughout high school and finally getting to play in college a couple of attempts of games that of course, never really quite took off. And then in my mid-20s, I ended up playing a lot of Legend of the Five Rings, the TTRPG, Ooh, not the yeah. card game, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, which I have considerably mixed feelings about because I had a lot of fun playing it. But I now look back on that game and I am i haven't really looked into it, but I'm not sure how appropriative it is. Um, yeah, I don't know. Said, yeah. yeah, I don't know who the team behind it. Uh, to make a long story short, it's basically fantasy Japan, but I don't know who the team behind it is. Uh, and so I love the system. It's a D10 roll and keep system. If you're familiar with 7th C, it's the same company. Love 7th C. And yeah. I love that system. And uh, I played that for a while. Um, and then when I met the man who's now my husband, he got me into his fifth edition game, first time he was ever Dungeon Master, and I have ended up being very close with that table. They were my entire wedding party in our wedding. <laughs> uh, one of them officiated our wedding. That's so cute. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so I'm like super into D&D, &D, um, but I'm also trying to branch out into other TTRPGs as well. Mm -hmm. at this point too um so i've been attempting to play for many many years i've been playing pretty solidly uh what six years now i think yeah six years with fifth edition specifically okay so a decent cool. amount of experience there <laughs> Cool. I've never dungeon mastered though, so there's oh. there's always new things to learn. <laughs> soon, soon. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, is it my turn? It is. Okay, hello. Uh, so my D&D uh, and TTRPG experience, um, again, like Ibrahim, I'm very close, uh, very new to D&D, um, especially 5e. I had one drunken experience when I was in college, which was more years ago now than I'd like to admit, but uh, <laughs> I think that must have been 3.5. I have no idea. I can't remember. I just remember being a really bad rogue and like all of my roles were just terrible. <laughs> um, getting aged by D and D editions. <laughs> Thank you for introducing this concept to all of us millennials, yep. Emily. <laughs> yeah, yeah, three okay. five was definitely college. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> you're welcome for the <laughs> realization, everybody. Uh, and since then, um, it was a lot of things that kind of got me into the TTRPG space was actually MMOs. A uh, big, big MMO fan. Played a lot of them. Got me into kind of RPGs and then the TTRPGs. Played a lot of um, like uh, Call of Cthulhu, Seventh Sea, uh, those sorts of um, those sorts of TTRPGs before I finally delved into D&D &D last year. So I've done a little bit of DMing for the other... Um, uh, well, how would you even? What is the word? My brain today—it's not working. It's too hot. Uh, the other, the other games I've I've DM'd a little bit for. I've just a little bit with the, with D and D five e uh, some DMing, but I have not got my confidence on that yet because 
for me, it's actually a complicated system compared to a lot of others. I don't know if anyone else has found that. I must um, admit, actually. There's a lot of maths. There's a lot of maths. Um, thank God for D&D Beyond, which does it all for me, uh, which has been very helpful. But yeah, uh, so uh, and now I'm in a long D&D campaign, which is the first one I've ever really done. A lot of the others have just been sort of one shots or a couple of sessions. And we're making it into a podcast and I'm enjoying it hugely. It's been really, really fun. So yeah, that's my, my TTRPG awesome. experience. It is definitely worth mentioning here that that podcast is Unbalanced Encounters Rally, and it is amazing so far. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah. so far? Yeah, yeah y'all don't screw it up. It's good. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so annoying because we are a few episodes ahead of everyone. Because uh, like I said, it's good to have a backlog, and we're about three to four-ish episodes ahead. And being unable to talk about it <laughs> with you guys, I'm like, spoilers oh, on the spoilers. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It is hard. <laughs> But it gets very good. Uh, but yes, I'll stop self-plugging now. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I guess my own experience is um, my favorite video game of all time is Baldur's Gate. And I grew up in kind yes. of a remote place. So I, someone had the computer game. An older kid had the game. Let me borrow it and install it before the day of CD keys and any of that. Mm-hmm. And I played that game so many times. And when I discovered that, oh, it's it's based on all of this stuff, um, when I was able, I got as many books as possible and never played as a kid or into high school. It wasn't until a few years ago as an adult that uh, a group of friends actually wanted to play a D&D campaign. And I started experimenting with uh, playing and DMing for friends. I was a uh, public school teacher by trade. And I started running D&D campaigns for little groups of kids who, you know, middle schoolers who didn't have people to sit with at lunch or just didn't feel comfortable going out there in the cafeteria. So they come to my room and we do some Dungeons and Dragons. When everything went online, I had to figure out a way to do that. And uh, I eventually transitioned that to what I do now, which is teach kids how to play D&D and run campaigns online. And uh Man, if there's if there's one way to learn how to do something real fast, it's to have a bunch of children waiting on you to do it correctly. And <laughs> in the moment, yeah, so <laughs> a lot of times I just tell the kids like, "Hey, don't worry about the stats for your weapon. I, I have them all memorized. It's fine. Longsword D eight. Just roll a roll a D eight for me, please. <laughs> it's, it's a diamond shaped one. So that's that's been my experience so far. And then um, all of this kind of grew out of I uh, was pestered by my sister to make a TikTok to share all the Dungeons and Dragons stories and characters so my mom could see them. And then a bunch of other people ended up really liking them too. So it's been kind of weird. (laughs) (laughs) They're so good. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, if if you guys see my TikTok, usually the very first comment is my mom. Um, (laughs) That's so adorable. Uh, Which, you know what? It's our podcast. I can plug what I want. Um, Hell yes. (laughs) Strawberry Blonde's Cottage is my mom's little business. She makes soaps and bath bombs. So everyone go follow her. (laughs) Yay. It's super cute. Get you some bath bombs. Uh, So yeah, that's our, uh, I guess that we all have kind of a, a, I feel like we have a, a pretty cool mixture of experiences with D&D and TTRPGs in general. And that's what this podcast will be talking about a lot is tabletop role-playing games. There's many, many systems and many ways to play games like this. And that's kind of what we're going to tackle and walking people through all the different topics and conversations to be had around this amazing hobby that we all share. So uh, our first topic for perfect for our first session is session zeros and this is how you get a game started, how you get a group together. So we have a lot of thoughts on these. Uh, yeah. Who would like to kick us off on that? Well, I, I, I think I would with a question. What is a session zero for those who don't know or who have not had yeah. dungeon masters or game masters that were uh, responsible enough to run them through one? Fair. Oh, yes. Yeah, I mean, I remember, um, I mean, it's only really... Probably since playing D anD D, sort of like last year, um, like never had session zeros before that, and like coming into them now is just so good. Um, it's mm-hmm. just being able to kind of put out there your boundaries in what you're comfortable sort of role playing with, kind of experiencing in your game, especially if 
I mean, there's a, there's a lot of reasons. Um, there's a lot of things that might be triggering, um, whether that's, I mean, circumstance or in character or in conversation in the story. God, it's just, it's so nice to be able to say, actually, let's not talk about that. Or can we not bring that up? Or in this scenario, can we just fade to black? Um, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. and having those boundaries respected, icing on the cake. Love it. In the most general terms possible, I think of a session zero as an orientation to the game mm-hmm. and the table. And there are a lot of different ways you can achieve that. Um my table, especially since we've played together a lot with the same consistent group of people, we tend to hold our session zeros more indirectly in either over text via Discord or a Facebook group, uh, messaging back and forth to one another. But if you're playing with a new group, it's usually mm. a pretty good idea to try to get everyone, at least virtually speaking, all together at the same time. Um there can be elements of the session zero that happen separately one-on-one with the dungeon master and any given players. Uh, you can include emails or having maybe like a Google form that check boxes. If you don't want to have to talk personally about something, mm-hmm. there are a lot of different ways to achieve it, but at its core, it's really an orientation, whether that's an orientation because you're playing a new game that you or others in the group haven't played before, or if it's just a new table, or if it's just a new adventure and you want to be all on the same page of where are we starting? Mm -hmm. What are the frameworks that we're putting up to have this story told, to tell the story and have this adventure? And what, if any, are the unique elements we're going to find at this table? And checking in, and like Emily said, Are there any topics that we want to avoid or we want to handle with care Mm -hmm. and making sure that everyone knows where those are and where those boundaries are and can respect that? Yeah, and I I, I think it's worth noting here, uh, not to get too meta with it, but even a session zero for our first episode of a podcast as a trigger warning to anyone, we're not going to get super in detail about these items that people might find uncomfortable, Mm. but we will, you know, just discuss by topic of, you know, the idea of including things like sexual assault, which is abbreviated to SA in circles. When you hear people talking about it in these sort of circles online, things like that, uh, torture, those kind of topics we will be mentioning. Um, so just as we talk about session zeros and the sorts of things that, I mean, and to me, it's kind of amazing that that would even be on the table with any mm. TTRPGs right. or any games. But this yeah. is why we have session zeros. You you get a lot of horror stories from people. Yeah. And unfortunately, it seems by majority to be coming from groups that are typically feminine presenting or of a minority group and not having good experiences at a D&D or TTRPG mm-hmm. table. That's why session zeros yeah. are... I mean, to me, they're such a wonderful new addition in the way that these things are moving. Uh, yeah. So yeah, all, all to say, a trigger warning for people that will always try to let you know ahead of time that, hey, these topics might come up as we discuss them in relation to role-playing games. Right. And, and to that point of setting boundaries, it's not necessarily even things that you might think about. Like, you know, maybe, uh, maybe you're playing some sort of a, a, a TTRPG or a setting where you have, you know, high speed vehicles. And I have a friend who, after she was in a car accident, she really wanted to avoid any media that was about car accidents, mm-hmm. which for the vast majority of people, that's not going to be a triggering experience. But for her, it really was. Yeah. And she doesn't play TTRPGs, but with, you know, movies and stuff, she tried to avoid that. So different people can have different boundaries and a session zero is about however you need to expressing that and learning about that and learning how to respect and accommodate that yeah Yeah. and boundaries can shift and change over time Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. acknowledging that as part of the session zero um i have many campaigns that i'm in that are quite long and in the time that i have like since starting them my boundaries have changed slightly or certain things that were okay when we started are like well I prefer that we didn't do that. Um, it's all about, for me at least, managing expectations. Yes, Everyone exactly. should Very know good. what they are getting into 
especially for longer campaigns, you should know what am I going to be doing with the next 50 Tuesdays for right. you know yeah. the rest of this year. Yeah. And I was actually just recently involved in a session zero for a beginner campaign that I'm the ringer for. Um, a, a dear friend of mine is running a beginner's campaign for three people who have never played before, plus me. And, you know, a lot of it was helping them create their characters and making sure they understand what their mechanics are, what, you know, we're, we're starting at level one because they're beginners and they really are just learning the system. Um, but one of the questions I made sure to raise for them was like, okay, is character death on the table? Mm. Because for some people, when you create a player character in a TTRPG, you put a part of yourself in that. Mm. And sometimes the idea of having to let go of that suddenly because the dice rolled just in a way that was not your day. Um, are you comfortable with that resulting in your character's story ending or your character dying? And, you know, and, and if so, can, you know, are you cool with it as long as it's not permanent? Cause I know a lot of dungeon masters will find workarounds and, you know, oh, you know, it's fine. There's a cleric the next town over and they can make this right. Or, no, this is this character's time. And sort of making sure everyone is on the same page of what are, like, how are you going to handle that kind of stuff too? Right. And I saw a, a really, as a cisgendered white American male, there are so many times that I, I try really hard, but so many times uh, a little missing folder I've had on a topic shows up and I have that little moment in my brain, like, Oh, this is something I never thought about before, but I'll have to make a quick adjustment to this. I was uh, running a campaign for some kids and a kid wanted to play a blood hunter class. Um, the one that's mm. designed by Matt Mercer and Talison Jaffe. And I was like, okay, cool. They're, you know, Witcher characters. All right, let's do it. And, when I looked on D&D Beyond, there was a little note that had been added in the last couple of years that said, hey, this is a character class that deals with topics of self-harm, possibly, because yeah. in order to power their abilities, they take damage. Now, you can flavor that damage in different ways. It doesn't have to be the character cuts their hand as they power their sword. It doesn't have to be that. But I saw that note and realized... I never even bothered to think about that. And I should have, I, I was a teacher. I know many, many, many people who have gone through episodes of self-harm with D and D, especially for anyone who's, who's coming to this podcast. Maybe you've seen one of us on TikTok or social media. You want to see what we're talking about and you feel a little lost dungeons and dragons and other TTRPGs. They're not just games. They're, they're this whole experience and they can be what you make of them. You can, you can put a whole lot into them or it can just be a tactical board game, but they can be pretty intense sometimes, even if mm -hmm. you're looking around the table and it doesn't seem like everyone's that into it, there can be a lot under the surface with the things you go into. So we really are going to cover every topic here because it's just creative storytelling. It's collaborative, creative storytelling, and that means you're going to run into a lot of stuff. So all these things, you know, these are not necessarily things you, you just can't have in your game because someone will be triggered by them and have a, a, a physical breakdown. Not necessarily, but you do want people to enjoy what they're right. doing. Like, that's why we, yeah. All, we, yeah. why we all did this was to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. It's supposed <laughs> to be have a game fun. on some Absolutely. level. We're yeah. supposed yeah. to enjoy playing this game together and in this space, creating a story. And it's difficult to do that when somebody in charge, usually the GM says, this would be a bad GM, who says something like, no, this is realistic, or this is what would happen. Well, right. make it or this different. is what my character would do. Yeah. Uh... Well, I hear you. I hear you. I'm, I'm listening. I'm hearing what you're saying. Let's make it different so that right. everyone at this table has fun, you know? Right. Exactly. I also think yeah. it's really important um, because you said, Nick, that, you know, I should have been aware of that. I should have known. But actually, I think it's really important to set up in a session zero that if something comes up that hasn't been, because some people may not know what's going to trigger them until it happens. They may mm. not have thought of it beforehand. Um, you may tread on some toes that you had no way of knowing uh, you would have stepped on. So having, putting it out there at the session zero to say, 
you can give me a red card or like the the x card at any point during play and just say i need to stop here and then the gm or the dm respecting that absolutely when someone says i can't continue so that's another it's it's all about trust and knowing Mm -hmm. that people will be able to respect and tread tread carefully or just take those requests with care as well yes yeah and and so that it doesn't seem like we are you know this session zero topic does not have to be uh, especially with with things that might be um out of bounds for people right Mm -hmm. it's not always an overwhelmingly negative experience especially if you have these talks ahead of time uh running a campaign for two kids um they just they had signed up for a time slot that for some reason i've never had many more people sign up so i had these two kids never met each other before they play online from different parts of the world and they continued playing campaigns with me so we were playing for six seven months we came to a situation involving a beholder and uh one kid took a a a shot straight on his character and we did a whole thing where by the rolls of the dice and sometimes i will share my dice rolls on screen so the kids can get into the thrill of it as well and we all get into it and his character didn't make it and by a lot so i was at a loss of okay how do i handle this and we spoke after the after the game ended that that day and we said hey you know how do you guys want to proceed and the kid said, no, I'm good with this. Uh, I'm leaving it in your hands. I really like my character, but I want to see what happens. Mm-hmm. And it opened the door for this beautiful sequence where the other child's character stayed and took care of that one's body while they traveled to get to a place where they could reincarnate. Oh. Oh, and nice. the reincarnation sequence, I had a lot of trouble getting through because I was kind of sobbing the whole time because these oh. kids were being so sweet to each other. And I thought, okay, that could have been a really bad moment in a, in a big faux pas by me not thinking. Mm. And I blundered her head, but it turned into something that was super memorable for, for not just those mm-hmm. two kids, but for me. Um, man, I got to stop thinking about that episode because that was really good. <laughs> um, oh, no. But, <laughs> but the point being having these conversations. Yeah. yeah. What that makes me think of, though, is, you know, a session zero is the first of many check-ins yeah because and also setting on the table that we are going to continue and you are what we are you know if something happens we are going to continue to have these check-ins um just as much as it is about boundaries it's just about being on the same page and and like Mm -hmm. even said setting expectations there are a lot of different styles within most ttrpgs different styles of play we're all very familiar with the more role play heavy style because that's an interest of ours Um, I know for myself, I'm an actor. I definitely follow a lot of actual plays that tend to be more acting, role play heavy, Mm -hmm. but you don't necessarily have to play TTRPGs that way. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, technically, yes, Dungeons and Dragons was created as a combat simulator. And if that's the element of it that a given table has fun with, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you have three people that want to play it as a combat simulator and one person that wants to play it as an acting exercise or vice versa, they Mm -hmm. might not have fun playing together. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that, but they're not going to mesh and they need to either find their common ground or find another table respectively. Yeah. um, So that they can have the fun that they're looking for. Um, And also just sort of coming to the understanding of, okay, how long is this adventure going to be? Is Are we a group sitting together that we want to just play open-ended as long as we do and maybe someday we'll come to a stopping point and start new characters? Or do we really want to try to fit one storyline and the GM has a story arc that they have in mind and we're going to try to get through it in six to ten sessions or within six months and there is going to be a planned end date to this? Yeah. or you know so many yeah. levels speaking uh how frequently do we think we're going to be able to play what are our schedules right now looking like yeah. scheduling and <laughs> also speaking of scheduling if people have conflicts how are we going to handle that 
Yes. I know at my table, we our rule for scheduling is, and we are a somewhat of a larger table, unfortunately. We, you know, just have a larger social circle and we couldn't figure out how to break it up. So we are seven players plus a dungeon master. Oh, wow. And wow. the way we handle it is, obviously the dungeon master has to be there every week. Mm-hmm. But any other player, so long as we have at least five of the seven players, we can play. Different players have different opinions on whether or not someone else can play their character for them in combat or if we just pretend they're sick in the wagon that day and just not there or, you know, throw a lampshade on it, what have you. Um, And no one person misses more than two sessions in a row. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. if we can't meet that criteria, we just don't meet or we may meet. We may play a different game. We may play Jackbox. We may run a one shot. Um, But. A very important element of session zero in terms of setting expectations is, you know, yes, life happens. What are our solutions that we're planning on to deal with scheduling challenges? Right. And what are our boundaries of if you really consistently can't make it and you're keeping us from playing, you know, is there a time at which we're going to have to say, we love you, but your schedule is not working with us. Can we maybe find you know play one shots with you but not have you part of the main table Mm -hmm. so on and so forth it is a uniquely tragic and heartbreaking experience to have a unfinished ttrpg story Mm. hanging somewhere the the the, the ghost of all the unfulfilled plots is so (laughs) heavy in the ttrpg sphere um and i i think that that that's a great point about session zero you know, we've talked about having the common consent among players and DMs of what topics are on the table, what topics are not, or what topics need to be handled with care. Mm-hmm. And and that can run the gamut from what we've mentioned, uh, everything that's from the extremes of essay torture, which again, I don't see how those should be in a game, but there's, I don't know, you know, uh, but also things like chronic illnesses. Uh, Hannah, you mentioned, yeah. you mentioned, uh, having vehicular accidents, things like that, if you, especially if you're playing a, in, a, in a more futuristic or present setting. There's so many topics like that. But then also things like scheduling. Um, I think when, uh, Emily, you mentioned having a little, giving people an X or a little s- signal like a to the card, DM, yeah. a red yeah. card, yes. I think, I think that's really helpful, having actual tools that people can use here in session zeros. Mm-hmm. So... Um, having the card system, uh, I've heard a lot about consent forms yes. and an actual yeah, I've form. Done that a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. What, what's y'all's experiences with those? Um, I love forms. I, I, <laughs> I, I love a tick box. Um, yeah, I mean, my forms have been. You can get templates of these online. There's a lot of them to choose from now, so um, there's a plethora of free, uh, you know, templates you can use um, if you Google them. But they're just they're really helpful because sometimes it makes you think about things that you hadn't thought of before, uh, which is very, very good. Oh, actually, I wouldn't want child endangerment in my game. Thank you. And, (laughs) you know, romance between players, maybe just fade to black on that. Thank you very much. You know, so there's, I like the kind of green, amber, red um, system I've used on some of my forms. So green, obviously good to go. Happy to discuss or touch on this topic. Um, Amber is like, it's fine with some kind of like heads up and obviously if it's handled carefully uh and then red absolutely not don't even want to touch that with a barge pole um so it's it's it helps the dms so much and the other players so what what's happened with us is the dm will give us all of these independently and privately and then in the session zero we'll say okay so just so all of you players know it'll be anonymous but they'll say we it's been agreed that we will not be discussing this. This topic will not be coming up. Um, we will fade to black on these things. Uh, just so the whole, like the players too, know what they can and can't broach as, as subjects and interactions with other players, which I think is really helpful. But yeah, I like it for yeah, Awesome. Yeah. Uh. On top of um, these things of, you know, we talk about topics to, to discuss. Um, for session zero, other things that come up are, it, how are you meeting? Are, if you're playing online, uh, virtually, what system are you going to use? The, the mm. platform like Roll20? Um, are you going to use Discord? And then yeah. if you're meeting in person, who's bringing the snacks? Because yeah, that, that's that, the that can, that can that end friendships. I mean. and, and to the point of technology, 
a, a session zero, a live session zero, using the same technology you're going to use in the game can be a great opportunity to oh, troubleshoot. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah um, actually. I know yeah. for the session zero that I did just last weekend, our DM actually, uh, suddenly his Wi-Fi connection wasn't as strong. And so he was scrambling to try to figure out how to make sure he was actually even able to talk to us. And thankfully, it was a session zero, and I was able to help the players walk through their character creation while he got his phone set up so that he could use that for Zoom instead of his computer. Um, but think about how if we had been actually trying to play session one, and mm. suddenly we can't, the dungeon master's freezing. Just derailed um, or, or any player. Yeah. Um, so if a session zero for a virtual campaign can be very useful to make sure everyone's technology is going to work the way you think it's going to work, the way you hope it's going to work and not hold anybody back in the long run and maybe scrap an entire game or entire game session, I mean. I had to do a lot of this when figuring out how to run D&D for kids and especially because being a public school teacher at the time, we were using uh, Microsoft uh, Teams, which is a fantastic oh, application. Uh, well, at least for us, it was. <laughs> but, but it was. Um... Well, I've had not good experience with Teams through work, so. <laughs> oh, gotcha. I well, yeah. Trigger warning about Teams. Oh. Well, I used to use Microsoft Whiteboard, and then that completely. Went oh down no! The yeah, and then yeah. it just gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but but for me, it was okay. I can't. I, I especially for the kids that I taught. I taught a lot of. Uh, more disadvantaged children than than not. And so it was, okay, they're gonna have most likely just a smartphone, like a very basic smartphone. How can I do this where all they need to do is join the Zoom meeting um, or whatever it'll be. And I can still like, how do I still make this fun and engaging even though they can't really control anything? Uh, for my part, I will definitely plug, uh, app, uh, what's it called? Explain Everything it is a wonderful digital whiteboard um, that's what I use in my little business. Cause I get to put tokens and artwork and stuff up for people. And a lot of that is discussed in my, in my very first session of, Hey guys, here's what you're going to be able to do. And here's what you can't do. But working through that as a teacher was also, okay, how do we play this safely? Because these kids are all in an online meeting and there are privacy concerns. You know, mm. what happens if a kid accidentally swears? In a classroom, I would probably just like laugh and give the kid a thumbs up and be like, okay, keep it down next time. But in a recorded <laughs> online session where my principal and my vice principal and the so parents can all go watch experience in the end, you know, the drop an F-bomb 50 times in a row. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There were, there, were, there were different things to think about. I think yeah. all this to say session zeros are wonderful for if anyone is hearing this and rolling their eyes at, oh, look at all this stuff we have to think about these days. We can't say this. We can't. Well, first off, fuck you. And second, <laughs> <laughs> second, yes. the, what this all builds, what this is all building towards is more empathetic connections between people, like mm-hmm. understanding people and their limitations and what they want to grow in. It's, it's helping you form connections with people where they want to make those connections. So it's all yeah. a positive experience yeah. in the end of the day. I mean, TTRPGs are about fun and about collaboration. Mm-hmm. And communicating efficiently with each other and effectively with each other and having expectations set, as we keep saying, is a great tool to be able to go forth and do that. Yeah. yeah. I and agree. there's a lot of narrative value to a session zero two, which we've touched on. But yeah, if you're playing a game like Masks, which is a teenage superhero yeah. role-playing game, if some people at the table do not want to engage with that genre fiction and they find out in the session zero, they can choose to sit that game out or like Mm -hmm. you could choose a different system or you could make modifications but if one person at the table is trying to tell a very different story than the other people it's going to create conflict that was unnecessary if you hash that out before you start playing you're able to make adjustments where needed or ultimately decide if that table is right for you because you know what the game is you know the themes you know what kind of story you're trying to create together Agreed. Absolutely. So session zeros, super important and a lot of fun stuff can come out of those and just mm-hmm. make a better experience for everyone. Well, uh, I think we will be moving on now to our 
kind of a little hook for our podcast and what sets us apart from all the TTRPG podcasts is we're going to do a little example of a role-playing scene. Um, this could be in a TTRPG game, or this could just be simply a narrative scene from uh, just the minds of ourselves with these characters. <laughs> and we'll be doing this in our episodes where we we bring to some new table uh, characters to the table and give you just a quick little look at how the role-play can go. I, I would love to be a part of making people feel more comfortable with role-playing in TTRPGs. It's absolutely not necessary, but it's such a fun experience. And for people who never saw themselves as a theater kid or anything like that, especially me, this has been so rewarding to get to just play the characters like you did when you were a kid. Yes. So that's kind of that's kind of what Preach. I thought about, you know, including this sort of thing to just get people into it. So... We will introduce these characters, and I'll, I'll give you guys some space here to any extra flavor, anything you want to add about these little characters here. Um, I believe, Emily, you will be first up. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> so I am playing uh, Brigitte, I believe that's how it's pronounced, who is a half-orc fighter and is the leader of this uh, ragtag group. Um, I feel like sometimes a begrudging leader. I feel like there's a lot of um, pinching of the bridge of the nose and exasperated sighs from <laughs> my friend of this. Um, I feel like she's just like, ah, okay. Um, and uh, everything exploding spectacularly, apparently, is a, is a very good way of, of describing her plans and her life, I think. Um, yes, that's <laughs> that is Brigitte, the half orc. Perfect. And Emily, if you, uh, without putting you on the spot, oh, I no. feel it will be helpful for people if we all give a, a quick little line or a hello in these voices, so they can. Oh Lord! So they can uh, <laughs> hear. So they can hear what the characters sound like before we jump into it. <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, I've practiced the lines. <laughs> <laughs> in her voice so let's see um i decided to do a bit of a, a london accent for for Brigitte. uh so she's a half orc fighter who uh leads the group and uh is a lot of exasperation of plans constantly exploding spectacularly i feel like i had a bit of a michael kane italian job <laughs> thing going perfect. on with Brigitte. uh so that's that's how <laughs> I didn't hear it before, but now it's all I'm thinking about. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's Brigitte. Um, yes. That was amazing. Uh, next up will be Ibrahim. Okay, so I'm going to be playing uh, Tarjak, a dragonborn sorcerer who acts as Brigitte's second. Um, uh, now, here's the thing: when I get a script, which I usually don't do. Uh, I'm usually <laughs> yeah. Say this is um, for us. <laughs> I should read it before we're doing it, and I did read it, but did I do a voice? No. So I don't know what Tarjack sounds like, and we're gonna figure that out together. Um, Tarjack's kind of a, I'm imagining as like kind of a a, a cool father figure, but not in the. Not as in he's radical cool, more like mm -hmm. he has a very cool countenance. He's always like pretending that he doesn't care as visibly and obviously as he does. Um, and sort of like just a shrewd, like pinched dragonborn sorcerer who's probably always like trying to rein everyone in, knowing that it is a it is a failed endeavor from the start. Um, <laughs> So, I imagine, huh, a sorcerer, uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, have, have a play. play uh, yeah, go play for it. it. That's what we're here for. Uh, Azalea, Artybuck, you got, you gotta stop. You, you gotta, you, oh, I, like I, I don't know you what you're trying there. to do. I don't know what's happening right now, but... Oh Lord! Oh Lord, take me now! God, <laughs> this is perfect. That's very good. Very good. I think that's where Tarjack lives. That's, that's I think so. <laughs> that feels right. 
All right. Um, and, and Hannah, I guess you can give us uh, one of the sources of all this consternation. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so Azalea is a gnome druid. Um, she is powerful, but a little absent-minded and chaotic, uh, which, um, in fairness, I, I too did not really put too much thought into the character voice yet. Uh, but a lot of that actually comes back to one of the things that one of the personal acting, I guess, exercises I'm kind of focusing on. Uh, and granted, this may be scripted, but acting definitely goes hand in hand with improvisation in D&D. Um, I am trying to really live more in the moment and make choices in the nice. moment and oh, work yeah. that muscle. Um, but also at the same time, Azalea uh is a character type that I feel like is not a very big stretch for me in the types of characters I've played in the past. Um, so she lives very much close to my natural speaking voice, um, perhaps pitched up just a little bit and a little bit more laughy, um, you know, encourageable and uh, cheerful and <laughs> always wants everyone to do the best, which I, I don't feel like is that different than my natural voice, but I, I'm sure it does read a little bit different. Oh, no, um, no, it's amazing how you did is that. Is it bad that I'm hearing like Valley Girl, like California type? <laughs> like, oh my God. I, mean, I, I, I think take, take a little bit of the, of the, like as if lilt yeah, like out that. of it but yeah. same go moving in that direction like definitely uh i mean it's it's very much like the the anime voice um yes. also moving <laughs> yes. in that direction too as a yes I, I i definitely grew up on japanese animation dubs hell yeah um so yeah <laughs> fantastic um, well, then I will be uh, playing Adibuck. Um, Adibuck is a kobold rogue uh, with questionable decision-making skills. Um, he may have misinterpreted the instructions that Brigida gave him for this particular mission. Um, Adibuck, uh, I do a lot of voices on TikTok, so I usually have something in pocket to just grab. Uh, my kobolds... Uh, <laughs> My kobolds typically sound a little, little, little like this. And so it's Adi Buck and how he usually speaks. And it's, it's, it's kind of a voice where he's constantly apologizing because he's absentmindedly realizing he screwed up somewhere. So this is Adi Buck. Oh, he's so cute. Uh, on, the, on the flip side, I'm going to be playing one other character for our scene. And this is uh, Lord Ignatio, who is a fire giant. Uh, who has discovered his prized orb of dragonkind, which is a reference to a powerful D&D item. Uh, his orb of dragonkind has just been stolen. And uh, you'll, you'll recognize Lord Ignatio's voice when, it, when we get to it. <laughs> Ooh, keep it as a surprise. I like it. I like so um, without further ado, are you guys uh, ready to jump into this one? Why not? Yeah, let's have some fun. Let's fuck okay. around. So I will narrate us into the scene. Mount Everburn dominates the ashen skyline, an obsidian bastion carved with lines of fire. Deep within, hidden in the halls of Lord Ignatio, a hapless group of would-be thieves plans their escape. I told you I'd get it! I got it! <laughs> Never doubted you, little buddy. Hey, Brigitte, we are good to go. Told you, keep them quiet. Someone's yelling down the hall. Both you hush. Good job, little buddy. <laughs> I, I am the best. I will find you, and I will grind your bones to dust. And that would be the giant. Oddie, do you remember what I asked you to do? Um, get, get the orb, get the orb. Under what conditions? By any means necessary. What? No. I said only if the manor was completely empty. You were supposed to scout it first. What did you do? Nothing short of his absolute best, I am sure. Oh no, I totally smashed and grabbed my way through there. Actually, yes, this tracks. Uh, Brigida, we have to go now. We need another exit. The tunnel we came through is too exposed. Think you can hide from me? Uh, this is my home. I sent you in uh, the privy? Ha! You came through the sewage shafts. How clever. Perhaps I'll leave your corpses there with the filth. Okay, that one's on me. But to be fair, who knew fire giant poop smelled it just like brimstone? Oh, I I need a bath. I I need ten baths. Oh, 
Oh. I- I've been collecting stones as souvenirs this whole time. I figured you all knew. I thought it a brilliant plan. Who'd suspect burglary by toilet? Regardless, we need a way out. Tarjak? Uh, yeah, yeah, I can I can dimension Doris out into that middle hallway, but we'll need at least something to slow him down while we dash from there. Oh, my vines and I have got that part sorted, and I'm sure Lord Ignatio will appreciate the free gardening sprucing up the place. Or um, boss? Enough from you. Tarjak, how quick can you line us up another door after the first one? I'll have one more ready to go, but it'll be a moment. All right. Azalea, we need those vines. And anything else you've got to buy us time. Boss, boss! No, Oddie. Okay, okay, okay. Tarjak, let's fire it up. Boss! What, you little demon? What about the orb? He, he, he wasn't just using it for decoration. What do you mean? What are you saying, little buddy? Oh, no. Well, in the bedchamber, there was this gate, and it led down to a bigger chamber where there may or may not have been. Tell me he didn't imprison a... It is an orb of dragon kind, boss. Nothing short of his absolute best. Boss, are we about to... We're about to free a dragon. And Yay. speed. <laughs> oh, that was fun. Good job, uh, everyone. That was that was like running around in Toys R Us at a candy shop <laughs> at the same time for me. <laughs> yeah, that was very fun. Very was, fun. Oh man, I'm so, happy to do another go through if people want to like do it again for any of their bits. Do I? I mean, I thought that was great, and I thought um, the you know the way I was thinking was that. Our approach to this being we're reading this in the moment together, first table that's read true. together, that that's kind of like making it approachable. Like that's people true. I like that. This is this is what it's like in a game, you know? Um Yeah. So that was our little scene. Um this is just a little taste of what role playing in a Dungeons and Dragons or TTRPG can feel like. And it truly is when you get out there on social media, especially TikTok, and you see everyone doing their best at acting characters out. What you will find is, yes, this is a skill that can be mastered and there are tools in the actual trade to learn for this, but anyone can play a character and anyone can do a fun voice. Anyone can just be whatever character they want to be and have fun and live in that space for a little while. And we super encourage anyone to just give it a go sometime. Uh, Close Mm -hmm. your eyes, say your lines, whatever makes you feel comfortable. Just try it out sometime. So um, with that, we are going to close our first episode here of Delightful Dungeon Diving. And I want to give everyone a chance to give a a few pluggables here at the end, uh, just as we did at the top. So for myself, you can find me at Delightful Dungeon Diving on TikTok. And uh, if you have kids that want to learn how to play Dungeons & Dragons, you can find me on outschool.com. And I'll kick it over to Emily. Well, hello and goodbye. Again, find me on TikTok at Emily Graymore with an E on the end. And you'll see links in my bio to all of my bits and pieces and to the Unbalanced Encounters podcast, which uh, I'm working on at the moment and you should listen to. And I'm Hannah, a critical underscore stitch at TikTok. If you want to find other stuff I've done, I have a link tree linked there that will bring you to my other various things. And if you're ever in the Boston area and want a sightseeing tour, Mm -hmm. um, that happens to be my day job. And uh, I would love to show you around historic Boston. Uh, my name is Ibrahim. You can find me on TikTok at Cosmic underscore E, but that's Cosmic underscore I-B-E. You can also find me on Twitter, on Twitch at that same name. Um, and uh, you can find me every other Friday uh, with our next episode on the 22nd of July uh, on Prayers in the Static, our uh, sci-fi anthology actual play show that we do every other every other friday um it's a great time telling a lot of very interesting stories in a post cyberpunk future awesome well thank you everyone for tuning in and we'll see you next time on delightful dungeon diving everyone here so no one else has to.